0: Blue moon You saw me standing alone. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. We have got no city game to look back on, but we have got Brighton at the weekend to look forward to. So with all that in mind, we're gonna have a slightly different show this week with my three guests. Let's introduce them first of all. Welcome to my old friend Lizo, Ian Lees. Hi, welcome Ian. Good to see you, Nigel. Welcome to Tony Newgrosh. Hi, Tony. Good evening, sir. And welcome also to David Blakeney. Hi, Dave. Hi, Nigel. Listen, uh, David, you kick us off, will you please, um, this week? Uh, yeah. We've got no game, so I just thought we've we got a few topics to talk about, yeah? Yeah. Uh, where should we start? I'm going to start with a big question, actually, has been posed by a, a member of the podcast team, which is what happens, or what do we need to do, should I say, Prior to Pep Guardiola, that dreadful day when Pep Guardiola one day is going to leave our wonderful club. What do the club need to do now? And that's not just, of course, sort of finding the right person. But what do they need to put in place to make sure we don't fall into the trap that happened just outside Manchester when the drunk Scotsman left? Yeah. Um, and they kind of fell off a cliff. We don't want the same thing to happen to the great Manchester City. What what things do City need to put in place? Processes, systems, people? What's your view on this? Just kick off on the really easy one first with you, David. What are your thoughts on that question?
1: Well, my hunch would be that already discussing it and working plans out because they are one of the most efficient organised clubs in the world, if not the best managed club in the world, they will know exactly. I would think a list of people who they're going to be watching um, and considering for the position, and I think Pet will be a big part of it, as well as backup team. Because the big question is how many of the backup teams stay when Pet goes. So, it's what will the backup team like? What will Pet's replacement be like? It will be definitely focused on keeping the same style of football. The only person who will join us will be a Pep type manager, and I think they'll be watching some of the bright, like um, you know, the bright manager, someone like him. I think they'll be watching him closely to see how he does, uh, and and I think those are the sort of things they will be thinking about the back, definitely, the team overall. Uh, the, the Scotsman with the red nose,
0: Lizo, was involved in his replacement. I think it was a David Moyes he suggested, and we all know how that one ended. Um, so, is it important that Pep's involved? Is it is is that vital? Is that critical? Is that a, a, an important part of the process? Do you think?
2: Yeah, first of all, Nigel, I think we should send condolences out to uh, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson for the loss of his wife early last week. Uh, the football world, uh, irrespective of the banter we have between us, says it's just a sad occasion when that happens, especially when on his long-term uh, marriage has been there. So uh, we all send our condolences to him for that. But getting to your point, it's already been, It was it, like David said, uh, the city's a well-oiled machine now. Uh, it would have already been thought of. It had have already been plans in place. And if if you look at the clubs now, the likes of Tottenham, uh, Arsenal, uh, Man um, United, uh, Leicester City, have all got uh, Pep uh, coached uh, managers there in place already, and uh, over in uh, Spain as well. So... I think there are a number of options, but I think while we're riding high, let's just keep Pep going, to be honest with you. If we can keep him there as long as possible, I'll be happy.
0: Uh, we all would be but Tony it's not he's, yeah, there's going to come a day isn't there where he does have to move on he will decide himself that he's he's done the job he's 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 done everything he can do at City and and I guess it will be his choice unlike many managers you'd like to think that's going to be the case he's going to eventually pack it in what sort of things do you think need to be happening or you reckon are happening as David rightly says I'm sure we started already what are the sort of issues the area City's, City will be working on to make sure it's a a smooth transition that means that we continue to win
3: Well, hopefully we've got the finest brains available to us trying to clone him, because that's, I think, the only way we could possibly replace Pep. But but I think, as we've said, I think the problem down the road was that Fergie was just too all-powerful. And when he went, the entire structure of the club just fell apart. But as we've said, City have fantastic recruitment. They have fantastic scouting systems. They've got fantastic management at the top of the club. All of that will stay. But I was looking around at some of our former players and and where they are now. And we've got, I've found two who have international jobs at the moment. Andy Morrison is the manager of Sri Lanka. So there's a possibility. (laughs) And I never knew that Pablo (laughs) Zabaleta is the assistant manager of, is anyone going to jump in
1: here? Argentina.
3: (laughs) Incorrect. You've got the first of Albania. I think we've got, Two top class candidates there. Um, I mean, Vinny is the obvious name, isn't he? But I think, no, I no, he's he's not. Not. Stop, no, no,
0: no, he's not. No, 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 Tony Newgrash, it's a I, no from me. I
3: said, ob- I didn't say right, no, I said, no. obvious he's not
0: obvious. obvious. He's played, he's had five minutes in the Premier I, League and he could be relegated. He's not the stop, stop doing this on this I'm show. Fine. Vinny yeah. Company is not the obvious choice. I've
1: told he's you, obvious, but you wrong. Listening? I'm
3: agreeing with you. I'm but I can so like say,
1: Nigel, I just want yes. I mean, first of all, I do believe the Brighton manager, that style manager, every club that City owned, from what I understood when i have been behind the scenes on the odd occasion at City, is that they all have to play the same way. When Fergie went, they didn't have that structure in place. It was just Fergie way. Here, it's not just about Pep, it's about... The blueprint he leaves on the style of football we play and everyone else in the group plays, that's why we have a better chance of not screwing up like they did with Fergie. Because of that blueprint, it's a DNA that will stay there.
0: Mm. Tony, back back to you. I interrupted you. (laughs) Sorry, Lisa. Yeah,
1: go on, Lisa. Quite not.
0: Quite agree
2: with him. And Tony Andy Morrison on paper is the manager. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, They've uh, been suspended for the last six months because they've been looked into. Uh, Andy's not been out there for a while yet. (laughs) So um, yeah, we'd love Andy Morrison as manager. But Davey's absolutely right. And again, if you look at the. they're teaching that Pep's done. Arsenal, Tottenham, Man United are all in the top five now. And they're all coached by Pep, the Pep way. Um, uh, Girona uh, in Spain top there. So it's a case of it's all about the system, not just a Pep, obviously, is the one who's leading the way. Um, but we've had Roberto Mancini in. He's won his trophies. Uh, Manuel has, has actually brought his trophies. So... It, it, it's a case of it will already be there. We know what the uh, criteria is, and it's just a case of waiting and see. But I'm I'm still on this roller coaster
0: of hoping to win the treble again this season. We, we might, we may well come on to that. We, we may come to that, Lisa. Uh, Tony, do you want to, I did interrupt you very rudely, um, and very enthusiastically. Uh, <laughs> anything you want to sort of come back and say? Cause I want to, I want to bring Lisa in because you talked about outstanding scouting and systems and so on. I, and I want to get Lisa's view on, from the inside on, on one big topic that I also want to discuss this week. Uh, anything else for me before I do that, Tony?
3: No, I would. I was before I so rudely interrupted. I was going to say Vinny isn't the right choice yet. I think you're right. He is too young. It would be great to have a former player come through. Um, I don't see any obvious candidate at the moment, but as we said, I think the club has done a fantastic job at replacing irreplaceable players over the past few years and hopefully they can do the same with the manager.
0: Uh, Lisa, I, want, I just want to come to you, and if you can kind of lead this bit, of the conversation for us, because you have been involved in the club for a long time. We've discussed it briefly in the past. You were one of the original coaches, of course, with with Man City Ladies, as they were in those days. Um, you've now, you know, you worked at the club a few times. You're back at the club now as uh, one of the amazing tour guides, etc. And I just want you to kind of just give us a bit of an insight into the academy because it's held up as being kind of probably one of the best in the world. Um, Costa what sort of 200 million to build of course in the first place which is always helpful but kind of a bit of insight from you about that amazing academy that's more than more than paid for itself and washed its face anyway oh, really? um, but your thoughts and reflections on that Lisa. i'd be really interested to sort of have, have your thoughts on that
2: it is. It's the best. It is now by undoubtedly the best academy in the world. And, and quite rightly, I've, I've been tour guide now for over two years there. And we're taking more and more other clubs around the world, around the academy, to show them what we do and how we do it. They want to copy it. Um, and bearing in mind there's 400 students there, over 400 students there, learning football the the Manchester City way. And bearing in mind, we can only have 25 um, uh, registered players in the Premier League it's very difficult for them to uh, to progress. They've got to have that high standard at the Manchester City, not just in football, but in the way of attitude and respect as well. So we're, we're a manufacturer of talented footballers uh, who've gone on to uh, bigger and better things. We've got four or five at Southampton. We've got them, uh, we had them at Fulham. We've got them, uh, oh, oh, we've just basically got them all over the world. And And the nice thing is it makes money for the club. Uh, because every time we sell a player, there's always a clause in there that you, we sell them. Uh, if you sell them on, we make twenty percent. The point in question is uh, Jaden Sancho uh, went to Dortmund from us, then was sold to. Um, Man United for over seventy million, so we made twenty percent of Man United for that. So it it was quite it's quite a good good setup. All the coaches are are trained the Pep way, and uh, David quite rightly pointed out the other uh, thirteen clubs that are within the uh, group come to the academy, and all their coaches get coached the Pep way. So and we're seeing significant results now with Melbourne winning, the our Indian club winning, uh, Girona up there, we've got Bolivia, we've got them all over the world and they're really doing well. So we're, we're quite proud of that academy, very proud of it.
0: Uh, obviously uh tony and and david you i know david you you often are at the club and and, and yeah. travel the world and, and and stay at the best hotels and rub shoulders with the great and good at the club from time to time so you, you yeah, may have slightly yeah. more of an insight than, than we do yeah. uh, th- yeah. thoughts on the academy and what you've heard and and, and your reflections yeah. on that
1: well uh, you know i have had a couple of tours of the academy from a couple of, uh from john stemp actually very kindly took me around i don't know if you know john at all but he's one of the directors and um yeah, from my understanding again, I mean, there were two things it was interesting. What I'm interested to know is have they still they they used to they built this area where even the first team would stay in a hotel. They almost built a hotel where everyone would stay on the Friday night instead of being in a hotel. I don't know whether that's still going, I'll ask you that. But the second thing is if I'm right in saying everyone who goes to the academy from the age of twelve to sixteen go to Saint Bede's School. And they're all educated at the same school because it allows them to go off training together. So as soon as you join the club, you go to that school and everyone goes to that school within the academy. That then allows you to do the training, allows people to get to know each other, and they can work the school around the training as well. So I know most of the kids I know for a fact went to St. Bede's because mm-hmm. a good friend of mine, his kids are friendly with loads of them. And I know what what happened there. So... I don't know if you know much about that, but if that is the case and they pay for the school, it means that parents feel settled, their kids will get a good education. Even if they leave halfway through, I think they take them all the way through as well, keep them there. So the best incentive in the world we give is give them a good education alongside the training, they go to a good school, and it makes parents feel comfortable. That's another brilliant thing.
0: Uh, Lisa do you just want to pick up on those two things Lisa in terms of the the school and Um, and the hotel piece as well I'm sure you can tell us a a little bit about that
2: David's quite right there are 38 bedrooms in the uh, first team building where the players can stay overnight if um, we we came back from Newcastle the boys arrived at three o'clock in the morning and they stayed in the hotel rooms rather than go home um, or if one of the teams come from um, uh, Melbourne City or New York City, they come over and they trade, that's where they stay at the, the hotel room. So, yeah, you're quite right, David, they are that still there and they do use them. With regard to the education, uh, Phil uh, Phil Foden obviously went to St Bede's, but we do use other two uh, um, accommodation facilities as well. We've got uh, Ballamore Road and we've also got Connell College as well, which is on the campus itself. So there's three uh, education facilities we use. Um, so it all depends um, the rule is normally if the kids um, actually live more than 90 minutes away from the stadium, we give them accommodation there as well. So there are dormitories and, and uh, accommodation facilities as well. But David's quite right. They all meet back at the academy after their education for, at three o'clock. They'll have uh, lunch or dinner together and then their football training is done together as well. So, again, I think it's all depending on their um, education ability and their cultures, etc where they go. But certainly St. Bede's is one of them.
0: Uh, Tony, I'm conscious I keep calling you to last. I, I must I'll ask you the the next question first to give you give you a fair <laughs> crack. The, thoughts on the academy, Tony? Well,
3: Anything just, to add? I was just saying we used to play Saint Bede's school as a kid. I remember it well. I think we beat them once. I don't think we have very much of a chance anymore. But... I just compare it to the training facilities we used to have at Moss Side and remember going down there as a kid to watch them. It was just like a rundown power league, wasn't it? And what a contrast to this state-of-the-art facility we've got now. And yet not many of those players will, will be fortunate enough to make the first team. But I remember when we, we covered off the annual accounts, Nigel, we talked about how many players have gone on from City to have good careers as professional footballers. And I think we should be very, very proud not just for the players that have come through at City, but for what we've done for football as a whole and brought up some quality players who will enhance the game worldwide.
0: Uh, Amazing. Listen, let's look forward a little bit in terms of kind of this season um, and maybe some of the kind of highlights and lowlights. I'm going to start with you, Tony, as I promised. Um, How much of a miss is Gundo?
3: (sighs) We've, we've lauded Gundo on, on many previous occasions. He's a wonderful player. He's a wonderful character. He's a wonderful person. I'm sure his influence has been missed on and off the pitch. Uh, it does seem to be an area where the team is still settling down a little, unfortunately. And I think perhaps it has cost us a little bit in a few of these games. We haven't had the control we've had. I mean, the past couple of seasons, I think, are the best he's ever played for us. So, yes, I think he's a huge miss. But, you know, I think we have to accept he was, what, 33, 34 when he left us. He had what was a great opportunity. And he goes with our very, very best wishes. So I'd love to see him back. Perhaps not in the Barcelona shirt, but um, as an ambassador to the club, he could also be a future manager. I think he's got it, but not. Oh behave yourself. You're doing
0: it again, just... aren't you? You do you know, <laughs> where's the sky blue shirt? He's a city hero? he's, he's, he's a shoe in as manager? You're doing the same thing again. He'll I'm not going to come to you first next time. That's <laughs> it. You're done now. David, yeah. give us some a sensible answer now, please. Tony's just not helping tonight. <laughs>
1: uh I think it's a massive, massive miss. And I you can see such a difference at the moment where we've got to remember that the new players who've come in are not self-assured or confident enough because they're almost on trial at the moment under Pep where Gundogan was self-assured, he was confident and, you know, he just... You know, you only appreciate players when they're not playing and I think he is one that I just look at every week and go, I wish Gundogan was there. Big, big, big loss. And until the new players can settle back in... It's really hard, that transition. And it's a shame he wasn't there when the other players were there to sort of bleed them in a bit. But it's a bit of a gap that I think could cost us.
0: After 10 years at the club, do you not think you should be able to pronounce his name properly, Blake? So just, just, just. you know, I don't want to be too personal here, but... It's Gundogan. Il- Il- you called him Gundogan. You called it, you call him Gundogan. That second girl. Gundogan, sorry. Gundogan. <laughs> no, still Gundogan. wrong. Lizo, help, help him out you, here, Lizo. Um, well, he didn't go to St. Beats, that's for sure, right, Tony. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Um Tony. Th- th- there's a philosophy about players. Uh, we've just done, achieved, uh, probably one of the hardest things in football, uh, uh, and that's do the treble. And Pep refers it to the top of the mountain. Now, we've got to stay there. And how do you do that? One of the philosophies that uh, was saying that you have to get rid a third of your players that have just achieved that. The reason is because if you've done anything in life and you've got to the top, you then relax. So, and I think Gundo, you know, no question about he was one of our best players over the 10 years. But I think he was ready to move on. And I think if you read his his uh, post um, uh, snippets with uh, Barcelona, he was ready to go to Barcelona. And I don't think he would have been the right player to stay for City. Having said that, we've also lost KDB and we lost Rodri for three games. And that was the spine of your team. Um, obviously, Rob, Rodri's coming back this weekend. Um, and that was a big miss. KDB big miss so i don't i don't can't, I don't just think we've missed Gundo, we've missed the spine of the team um but we've brought in good players kosovic is he's a good player Uh, Nunes will be a good player. Doc, who's actually, you know, he's actually thrilling the the team at the moment. So them three players are supposed to inspire the other two thirds to say, come on, guys, we want to win the Champions League. Uh, And if you look at it, Kosovic has already won two uh, medals that he's he's never had. So, you know... um, I, I, I think it's early days yet. Yeah. I think it's early days. You know, we're doing about we did what we did last year, um, so we're on for another treble. That's all I can say at the moment.
0: Well, let, let me just pick up on what you said, and, and, and David, kick us off on this one. Lizo's referred to this kind of uh, top of the mountain, and having reached the top of that mountain in winning the Champions League, are all the players as hungry for more success, David? And, and if not, which players do you think maybe aren't quite as hungry? We not had a great start.
1: No, I, I I, mean, going with that top of the mountain and coming down again, um, there's that anti-climax feeling starting a, ceiling, a season again. I, I can imagine that. And um, I, I think it just needs something to jolt them back into it. Maybe the last couple of games and what's happened might just wake them up a bit, but you need something to shock you back into, get your mindset into it. And maybe they've just been a little, but we always start off badly, to be fair. And maybe it's just the team, people settling down. There's a point like the Tottenham game last season when it just broke and it broke us into that positive mode again. And I think that's what it's going to take. yeah, I mean, Tony. I mean, D- D- David's not willing to
0: name names. Uh, are no, you I, could, I
1: was. I'm going
0: on to that. I'm oh God, then go, go name some names. Then who do you think isn't hasn't quite got that motivation I mean, obviously, I'm. I'm being really difficult to make the point. I mean, I've, I've made the point on many, many occasions on very, lots of different platforms that there's a reason why teams don't haven't won the The Premier League, four years on the trot, yeah, it's a very difficult thing to stay on the top of that mountain to keep that motivation going. I recognise that and I realise that to do it four years on the trot will be pretty much unbelievable. So, so I do recognise all of that, and I am just trying to have an interesting debate here just for our seven listeners to enjoy. So, so, so the question is: so, so, who are the yeah. players that you maybe have noticed that haven't quite hit that peak? That maybe have achieved what you know the dream, and therefore they're maybe quite not at their peak. Any
1: anybody you want to name? Well, I think potentially Bernardo's not quite there yet. I think he obviously thought he was going to move on, and he hasn't. And I'm not sure whether he's effective. I don't think he's been at his peak. I actually think, ironically, the new players, apart from maybe Docku, are also, and it's not about hunger, they just don't have that winning mentality yet. And I think it's more about that hunger. They don't understand it yet. I think they're the ones who don't really have the hunger because they're too worried about their position and impressing. I think that's where the gaps are. And obviously we don't have Stones as well. We've not mentioned Stones. So I think that's where I think the gaps are in the hunger or the experience of being a winner because they haven't been a winner yet. It's more them are the problem at the moment because I don't think they're the same level. Okay, Tony, name names.
3: Not a, I don't doubt anyone's attitude in the team. I don't think some of the players have quite hit the heights of last season. I think Erling is uh, just struggling to find the back of the net yeah. at the moment. Is that because of lack of attitude, willingness? I doubt it. I just think it's not actually that unusual for us to start a little bit slowly and to grow into the season. Quite frankly, if you'd offered me two points off the top of the league at this stage, I'd have thought, you know what, that's all right. Um, we were, I thought, dreadfully lucky not to get a point against Arsenal. Um, but there you go. It happens. So, yeah, I think a few injuries. The team not quite at its best yet. But I don't put it down to lack of attitude. Pep simply doesn't stand for that. Anyone, anyone who's not showing the right attitude is moved on and moved on very quickly. So, you know, difficult for the boys. It's been hard for all of us, I think, as fans, just to get back on the horse again. But I I have few doubts about any of those players at that club. They will come good again.
2: Tony, what about Andy Morrison?
0: <laughs> would you agree would you agree with Tony Li as well in terms of any players I, I, that we think I, that I haven't got as to- are not as hungry? Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with him.
2: Pep would not put, if you're not putting 100% at a winning attitude in there, you're out. Uh, and we've seen that with uh, Zhao. Uh, we've seen that with a couple of players. If you're not there, if you're not there ready, and quite frankly, if you're, I don't think any professional footballer does not want to give 100% to win things. I, th- I just think this uh, the standard at Manchester City is way above everybody else's at the moment. And to maintain that is very, very difficult, especially when you're bringing new players in that have come from, I won't say lower clubs, but clubs that have not uh, been, um, have got the same standards as City. So they're finding, I've the uh, got to step up even further. Um, But I I just think, and and like Tony says, we've we've always started not the best. Our run always happens after Christmas. Um, And I'm quite happy uh, the way we are at the moment, to be honest with you. The only thing I will say is if you look at the Premier League, the maximum number of games you can lose is only four. And we've already lost (laughs) two of the four. So, um, and one of the, the, the two of the games that we lost last year or, uh, uh, potentially loses one's
0: at Tottenham and the other one's at uh, across the road <laughs> so, so yeah so. and we've got a difficult game of the weekend which we will come on to before we do that um, David just we have mentioned him briefly um, and that's sort of Erling Haaland as well are, are we just one or two goals short from Haaland I, I, I don't want to blame him but if he manages to convert sort of more chances we're kind of top of the league aren't we but equally if we're not playing that well is he is he a bit of
1: a luxury well, the stats say last year he converted about sixty-eight percent of his chances, and this year he's down to about thirty-five thirty percent or something. Way, way less. And for some reason, and I don't know what it is, but he he's like getting all his feet tangled up, he's falling over, he's not he's just missing stuff. And I don't know, he's just he's not he's not there at the moment. And it and last year you just knew when he had a chance, he'd score. And it's not happening, and it is a big concern because if you take the last eight games of the last season, and add this season on, another six, eight games, sixteen, he hasn't scored that many. Yeah, he's yeah, he still scores, but I am concerned. then. he just—you don't watch him now. And go, he's frightening people at the moment because I don't think he is in the same way. I'm not saying he's playing badly, and he he, he does a lot off the ball and all the rest. Of it. But his finishing's poor at the moment, and that is a concern. Bit of a luxury tone.
3: Yeah, luxury with, what, about 67 goals last season. Yeah, he's not been at his best. I think we'd all accept that. He looks a bit like that lanky kid at the back of the class. So you go, oh, come on, we're a player short. Will you just put a pair of shorts on and run around a bit? He doesn't contribute much when he's not scoring, but we know that's his game. And the one thing we know about him, he'll get a sack full when it clicks. So I think we'll give him one more chance.
0: Liza, what are your what's your assessment of yeah, Erling Haaland um, this season?
3: I think, think we've been unfair on on
2: Erling uh, because he just had a, a, a just outstanding season last season, and again a lot of down to that was down to the balls played by KDB, which we've not had that, had that this season, and uh, the first couple of games he was here with us a lot of players didn't know how to play him through the through ball, the ball between the centre backs, etc. to run on. And KDB actually quickly worked him out. Now we're starting to work him out and the new players come in. Um, I, I just think it's a little bit unfair on Erling because uh, it, it's a team game. And, we ju- and the two players we do miss badly that you can't replace, one is Rodri and the other one's KDB. And we've not had them for three uh, three games
0: uh, well, we will have him back for the weekend. Or one, one of them certainly is going to be back at least. Uh, I don't think KDB is quite ready just yet, but it, all the signs are that he may well be back ahead of schedule. Uh, we will have Rodri back, which is going to be a massive boost, I think. Uh, we certainly have missed him, David. Um, so just let's look forward then to the Brighton game. I was at... Uh, the Brighton away game uh, towards the end of last season. And what a side they are. What, and we've already mentioned their manager as well. What a well-run club they are. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really tough test at the weekend, isn't well, it?
1: I was at the game as well, same as you, at the game. I'm just looking. So a friend of mine is a big, big fan of Brighton. Uh, I, yes, I think they've, they've been a little... I mean, they've been sensational in some ways, but they've had the odd game when it's not gone quite their way but you know you know he he's my my friend gave me the the name of this guy i don't know B- beliba who's taken a casado's position and apparently he's better than casado he's called beliba apparently he's fantastic so they are they've got some hidden gems there that we don't really know much about at the moment so um i think i think the way they play the football, and, and from what i understand um that actually pep I might be wrong here, but didn't Pep start to play stones after watching some of the stuff in that new position after watching what Brighton did or did they copy us? It's one, I, I got the feeling he Pep actually saw what was going on at Brighton he did the same thing, but they're a very good team and they're going to be difficult, but we can beat them. We should beat them still.
0: Thanks. So what I'm amazed about in, in that segment is that you've got a friend, but that's something I didn't know, but that's incredible. Uh, <laughs> No,
1: I call him It doesn't mean he's my yeah, friend. I I was gonna say A-friend, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So correct. That sounds more that 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 lands far far better with me than uh, than anything
1: else.
0: Um Lizo, your, your thoughts ahead of the Brighton game. Yeah, it, it's a game that's never caused us problems problems in
2: the past. Um yeah, they do produce good players. They've got a uh, they've got a centre forward, they're a big strapping lad that we've been looking at. Um, and we've looked at one or two of their other players as well. Uh, but I think De actually been, uh, he's actually using an excuse now of Europe uh, for his poor start in the Premier League. Um, so let's see, let's see what happens on Saturday. We, we,
0: we, we've always beaten them here, so let's see what happens. Tony, Brighton and Ovalbien. I, I think it's going to be a tough one, this.
3: It's going to be a tough one. And the one thing you can say about Brighton is they won't come along with 11 players behind the ball in time ways. They'll try and play football as they always do. And I think I think they're a credit. I think, was it last season or the season before? I blur into each other, don't they? I was so impressed with them. We beat them in the end, but they didn't half give us a good match. So it'll be good to watch. Another 3 p.m. game on a Saturday for the traditionalists. I quite like that. Um, Are we good enough to beat them? Of course we are. It's always difficult after an international break, isn't it? For Pep, he doesn't quite know who's going to come back fit. He doesn't quite know when they're going to come back. Listen, Brighton have got a fair few away as well, but we need to get back to winning ways, don't we? So this is one where I gladly sacrifice a bit of substance just to get three points. And uh, I'm sure with our midfield maestro back, Rodri, we should be okay. And if Harlan can grab one as well, I think we're back on track.
0: Rodri's back and we're back next week. A huge thanks to my three guests, to David Blakeney, to Tony Newgrosh, and to Ian Lees. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all very soon.
3: If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.